situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Travis Bob The castration of the major league baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my winner. What's going on, everybody? Another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Was sitting around yesterday thinking about the life in the average New York sports fan right now. Uh, certainly as it uh, amounts to football, there doesn't seem to be much on the horizon in regards to Things to look forward to as you're getting ready to play out this uh, another NFL season, the last three or four seasons, or really the majority of the past decade has been abysmal if you're a fan of the New York football giants or the New York football jets. And, you know, as a, a fan of neither team, but also a person that doesn't necessarily root against them, I was trying to put in perspective exactly what is it that's leading to these teams' struggles over the past several seasons. Because if you think of the Giants, the Giants certainly, for a very long time, were known as one of the better-run franchises in the entire sport of football. And obviously, if you looked really since their last Super Bowl championship, which was solid, you know, this is a team that's won Super Bowls now, four different occasions. Yeah, there's many teams in the National Football League that have never won a Super Bowl. And you obviously go back to the amount of the, the couple championships they won back before the Super Bowl era. Uh, the, yes, there were the dark years of the late 70s and the early part of the 80s before Bill Parcells came. But you know, if you're looking at the Giants, really, over the last five years, it, it's been it's been terrible. Uh, maybe Sticking with Eli Manning a little bit too long kind of led them into a little bit of a deeper rebuild. Things have not gotten much better since Daniel Jones has taken over as a starting quarterback. And one of the things that I've seen that really hasn't helped the Giants is the lack of belief in one particular voice, whether that's the general manager, which you know was Jerry Reese for a handful of seasons going back to the last Super Bowl victory. And, of course, Dave Gettleman, who is now running the franchise right now. You could talk about the lack of continuity from a coaching standpoint. Ever since Tom Coughlin has left, it's a revolving door. And the same type of revolving door that follows every single losing team. Because the thought is it's going to be a quick fix. And if it's not a quick fix, the person that's running the franchise, the person that has in it, the fans and the media's perspective most say is the easiest person to put on the hot seat. And it's easy to have that revolving door. It's easy to go from Tom Coughlin to Ben McAdoo to Steve Spagnolo to Pat Shermer to Joe Judge and then to ever, whoever else you expect to be in charge of the football team as the head coach next year. Well, listen, the Giants do have a little bit of an identity crisis because if you think of an older general manager and Dave Gettleman, which is what they have, you look back at the results of the draft, and sure, there's good players you could point to that could be part of the future. But when you're looking at Saquon Barkley, who has had a hard time staying on the field, 
Daniel Jones has had a difficult time in his opportunity as a starting quarterback in the Giants of asserting himself as a no-doubt quarterback in the future. And those are going to be looked at as the key hits or misses when we're judging Dave Gettleman's run as the general manager of the New York football Giants. So at some point, a decision has to be made. If it's a commitment to Gettleman for another year, a lot of fans may not like that. But with that is going to possibly um, put the team in a better position to succeed. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. You could say easily as a fan or a person in the media that covers the team that the right thing to do is to move on from the general manager. And if you do that, you're, it doesn't really matter how long your head football coach has been there. That's a the, the general manager is in charge of hiring the head coach. And you've talked, you've spoken about so many times about the lack of continuity that exists when franchises struggle for a long period of time. It, it's usually because the general manager's fired, and then he brings in a different coach, and then the general manager's fired again with the same coach sticking around, and then he gets to pick the coach. You want to have the general manager and the coach, if they're not one and the same, at least be from the same the the same uh, I don't know share a brain kind of the coaches brought in by the general manager so Joe Judge only being the head football coach of the Giants for two years could be out after two seasons partially because the Giants haven't gotten much better in his second season but mostly because you're going to want the new general manager to pick his own head coach but one of the things that have happened and is certainly more prominent in football than other sports every single team that seems to go nowhere in regards to getting to the postseason or having any consistent success in a National Football League has the same characteristic. They switch coaches every two years. They switch coaches every three years. How about going back to the co- the ghost of Christmas past when the Giants had some continuity? Their last two Super Bowls were with the same coach that was there for a very long time in Tom Coughlin. The two Super Bowls prior to that, were with a coach that was there for a very long time in Bill Parcells. And if you look at the Mara Tish ownership of the New York football giants, who have been known very much for how well the franchise has been run, the Giants should probably go back to that. And whether some people are going to have to swallow their pride because they hate to see the Giants lose, and they always think it's the coach's fault, The best move the Giants may be able to make would be to stick with their coach for five or more years. And I think the same is so should hold true for the New York Jets. If you're already looking for the next Jets head coach because Robert Sala is not undefeated and the Jets aren't heading to the Super Bowl, um, maybe it didn't take enough time to analyze the roster that Robert Sala has inherited with the Jets. Because how many players can you name on that team that you could see being part of a Super Bowl championship team. There's not very many. And obviously they have a little bit of an identity crisis because they quit on their quarterback after, what was it, three, four seasons into the fourth season? Went with Kyle Wilson, who obviously is green. You know, he's going to need to go through some growing pains, but they don't have a very solid offensive line. Their skill players are average at best. So what... Can you possibly expect for Kyle Wilson? Remember me on the last show, 
talking a little bit about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence could turn out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback in the National Football League. We wouldn't know it through year one because the team that he inherited is terrible. The same thing can ha- is very true when it comes to Kyle Wilson. So another thing I do want to bring up, and this will apply to the Giants and the Jets, the Jets more at some point, but I think next year if the Giants decide that they're going to continue to move forward, with Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback, I think it's time that they gave him a little bit of a challenge. And if you're looking at what I predict will be a major revolving door when it comes to the quarterback situation in the National Football League, you're going to see a lot of opportunity for a team to change their quarterback, a team to maybe pick a new starting quarterback. But with that, Some college guys are going to get some starting jobs. Perhaps some backups in the NFL are going to become starters next year, mainly Trey Lance, mainly Jordan Love. And that's going to put a lot of quality NFL quarterbacks in positions where they don't necessarily have a place to start. And because of that, if you're the the football giants, even if you're the Jets, you're going to look at one of these quality NFL starters, and they may not be stars. It may not be an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson coming your way, but you're going to have somebody that's going to be able to do two things. Number one, if Daniel Jones is injured, which he seems to be injury prone, part of it's because of the style of his play. Part of it is is because you know he's not necessarily getting the best protection from his offensive line. But if, they, if you expect Daniel Jones to be out and miss a couple games a season, it would behoove the team to have a quality NFL quarterback that gives you a chance to win a football game when he plays. Not Mike Glennon, not Colt McCoy, not you know Jake Fromm, you know Jake from State Farm. They need a quality, proven NFL veteran that has won games before. And this offseason is going to open the door to a lot more of them than we've seen in recent seasons. Now, do I also want to see Daniel Jones get challenged? Yes. I want somebody like, let's say, a Ryan Tannehill when it comes to Marcus Mariota. Tannehill being on the bench but knowing that if Mariota gets hurt, Tannehill is going to come in. If Mariota struggles, Tannehill gives you a chance to win a football game. When was the last time you saw that with the Giants? For an entire generation under Eli Manning, the Giants had no interest in, number one, paying a backup quarterback starter money, which kind of took them out of a lot of quality backups that could play and lead you to important wins and potential postseason wins. And the other part of it was it was Eli Manning. You didn't want to have a quarterback controversy. Any team that says that they have two good quarterbacks really has zero good quarterbacks. So while all that's understood, it's important for the Giants as they get set for the next season to make sure that they have an NFL starting caliber quarterback there to, number one, compete with Daniel Jones. And if Jones isn't playing well, this other quarterback can go out there and be the starter. And number two, if Daniel Jones gets hurt, he could be the starter for the Giants. As opposed to the Jets, who should probably give Zach Wilson another I don't know, a couple years, right? Yeah, they certainly gave up on Sam Darnold very quick, only using three years and then drafting Wilson out of BYU. It's hard to expect a lot out of Kyle Wilson. Similarly, 
I'm sorry, Zach Wilson. I keep calling him Kyle Wilson. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. But you know, when it comes to Trevor Lawrence and you think of the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's not you can't expect the quarterback to go there and all of a sudden turn him into a Super Bowl championship team. You can't do that with a coach either, by the way, which is why Urban Meyer didn't succeed in Jacksonville. And like I said, I'm not getting on Urban Meyer because he was 2-11 and there. I'm getting on Urban Meyer because he couldn't handle what it was like to lose. Some people just can't lose. And that's why Urban Meyer's not in Jacksonville anymore. But you know, when you're looking at the the Jets as they're getting set for next year, they got to draft a little better. They have to have a little more of a deeper team. They got to hit free agency a little bit harder. They need to get an offensive line. And I think maybe next year you'll have a little better idea of what you got with Wilson. But the problem is going to be there. At some point, you need another quarterback to push him. Is Mike White that guy? And that's going to lead me into my final take when it comes to the first segment of this show. Should the Jets play Mike White for the last couple games of the season? Not because he should start over Zach Wilson. Not because he's a better quarterback than Wilson. But maybe give you a better idea of what you have in White as a backup. Number one, is Mike White going to be the Jets' backup quarterback when they expect to, to become good again? When they become a 500 team and then become a playoff caliber team year after year, which is what the expectation is, is Mike White going to be the guy to back up Wilson? When Wilson gets hurt, you expect White to play at an NFL starting quarterback caliber level. So you need to answer that question. You need to know if this is the guy that you have in backup of the quarterback that you have. And I think it's very important to know if this guy is very good, which I think some people are a little bit silly when they're going to throw this ridiculous praise towards Mike White and basically say, hey, listen, he's the best quarterback on the team. He should be the starter for the next 10 years. Listen, he had, he had one good game. I think it's important to find out that, number one, is this a quarterback that you want to keep there as your number two behind Wilson? Or number two, is this guy good enough that maybe you could trade him and get a third or fourth round draft pick from him? Now, not a lot of people would ever expect that. And certainly coming into the season, yeah, the Jets didn't think they had a guy on the roster that they could trade for anything. And Mike White, if you look at you know a guy from Western Kentucky, one huge game that he certainly had, a 27-year-old backup. You look at it like this. Yeah, if he's healthy, you want to figure out if he is going to be your backup next year. But backup to a point where you feel like you have just as good of a chance to win a game whether he's in there or whether he's not in there. So that's part number one. Number two, the large outbreak when it comes to the coronavirus, um, the latest variant that's going around, certainly impacting the world of professional sports. You think of the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, Everybody's all like, you know, flipping out over when they should play games. Games are getting postponed and canceled. 
And with that, there's a lot of blame to be thrown around. And there's always going to be. You know, somebody gets the coronavirus now, it's like they're the ones to be blamed for it. Are they vaccinated? Are they not vaccinated? It pulls out, you know, whatever your polarizing opinion is that nobody gives a shit about. You know, the, all those things start to come to the forefront. But, you know, my focus is always how it applies to the world of sports and the games that are played. The games that are played are just as important to, you know, as when they're played as, as opposed to if they're played in a different time. You got the NFL rescheduling three games, pushing them back. You got two Tuesday night games when the NFL had pretty much declared that they weren't going to do this over the course of the season. NBA games are postponed. NHL games are postponed at, at ridiculous rates. So what could be put into place to keep this from happening? Because I think it's something that at some point has to stop. As the MLB season gets set, you know, whenever the lockout's over and we could start thinking when opening day is going to be, is it going to be April 1st, is it going to be pushed back? You know, by, by that time, you hope that there isn't going to be as much of the coronavirus running rampant through the country. But as it applies to the other three major sports, there pretty much was a declaration to say, hey, you know, if teams have individual outbreaks, it's not fair to the teams that they're competing against. If they're going against a team that's healthy and nobody's been stricken with the virus, why should they have to suffer by having a game relocated and rescheduled when they didn't do anything wrong? Now, I think leagues are starting to move towards games not being rescheduled. Um, you heard in the NBA uh, that teams could sign replacement players to for every player that's out with a test positive of COVID-19. So as long as you got enough players... And as long as there are players that could play, now we're not saying that the players that are stricken with the virus should somehow be eligible, but those teams are going to have to start playing shorthanded in regards to their star power. If, let's say, the quarterback room, let's say, of the Cleveland Browns, which is a fact, got hit. Remember the Denver Broncos last year? Everybody in that quarterback room got hit. None of those players were able to play. They had to use somebody at quarterback that wasn't a quarterback. Well, if you allow the rules to be able to pick somebody up off the street or add to your practice squad, then you you run into less of a risk of games being postponed. And in the end, that's what the fans are looking for. That's the fairest thing at this point to be for everybody. You know, it sucks. Yes, you get the coronavirus. It sucks if you have an outbreak within your own team. Is it always... The team's fault? No. If you're following anywhere in the country, you're realizing that it could happen just by chance. There's people with three doses of the vaccine that are testing positive and are spreading it on other people. It could be taken as bad luck. But what the league's got to continue to build on is making sure that these games are played. The last resort should be pushing back the start of a football game, a basketball game, or a hockey game. And I believe we're headed in the right direction. So if you go back to the 2012 NFL draft, it seemed like there were two surefire picks at the top of the draft when it came to the quarterback position. Andrew Luck looked like he was on his way to a Hall of Fame career before it even started. In fact, you were thinking about 
teams that were losing on purpose with the hope to suck for luck because of the Stanford quarterback that was coming up, Oliver Luck, who had played in the NFL, was a quarterback. His son, Andrew, looked like he had all the tools to be a great NFL quarterback. And, you know, it's kind of a sad story because if you look at his treatment by the Indianapolis Colts, the fact that they never gave him a functioning offensive line, and it led to his demise and early retirement. And if you go back to that particular draft, there was Andrew Luck and there was Robert Griffin III. What both of those quarterbacks had in common, and Griffin, of course, came out of Baylor, is both of those players were essentially selected before the draft started. You knew for a couple months before the draft that Andrew Luck was going to go number one. Once the Indianapolis Colts got the number one overall pick, they were thinking about their plan to trade Peyton Manning, and you knew the future of the Indianapolis Colts was going to be Andrew Luck because they got that number one overall pick. Robert Griffin was felt, or at least through the organization of the Washington Redskins, which obviously they were at the time, you know, they, they love this kid. They declared that they were going to take him with their first pick. It's amazing that if you go a little less than 10 years later, the best quarterback in that draft is neither Luck nor Griffin. In fact, you can make a case that the top three quarterbacks that were taken in that draft were not Luck nor Griffin. The best quarterback that was taken in that draft ended up going in the third round. And he, of course, has got the name of Russell Wilson, the Super Bowl champion quarterback out of the University of Wisconsin that went with the 75th overall pick in the third round by the Seattle Seahawks. Now, remember, the Seahawks had signed Matt Flynn, a journeyman backup, to be their starting quarterback in that offseason. He was going to get his first opportunity. Russell Wilson beat him out, and the rest is history. He's won a Super Bowl. He's gotten a team to another Super Bowl. He still, in spite of a down year with a down team, is considered one of the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks in the National Football League. And as I said, I expect there to be a major carousel change in regards to the quarterback position in the National Football League next year. Russell Wilson, if he wants out of Seattle, he's going to be somebody else's starter. Not only that, he's going to be embraced by that team that he comes to and is going to be expected to be an upgrade over the quarterback that was at that other team's respective position. So Russell Wilson, without a doubt, the 75th overall pick of the 2012 draft was the best quarterback taken in a draft. Number two, it's easy to forget about the second quarterback that the Washington Redskins selected in that same draft. In the fourth round, the Redskins selected Kirk Cousins, quarterback out of Michigan State, in kind of a bizarre situation. Now, as much as they loved Robert Griffin III, which they absolutely did, they declared their love for him. They made it very commonly known that he was going to be selected with the number two overall pick well before the draft started. And yet, three rounds later, they take another quarterback. And I think part of it was because of opportunity. I think it was because they judged Cousins. They said, hey, you know what? Let's say in a hypothetical situation, as we're analyzing and getting ready for our draft, if Robert Griffin III doesn't go to us, or we trade down, or we didn't end up with the number two overall pick. 
Obviously, the Redskins liked Kirk Cousins. And I think they watched as they followed. They saw Russell Wilson get taken with the 75th overall pick. And then as, as the draft ends up moving down, they're thinking of their next pick, which obviously was there at number 102. And they say, if a team doesn't take Kirk Cousins, you know, would it be a little naive or crazy if we took another quarterback? And obviously they valued Cousins that much. And if you look at Minnesota, and listen, Minnesota's a team that's going to be kind of battling towards the end for that number seven spot. Big win yesterday, by the way, by the New Orleans Saints. Um, you look at the Vikings and the Bears who will play uh, on Monday night. You know, Cousins has established himself as a solid NFL quarterback. He's had a better career than Robert Griffin, and Robert Griffin, of course, ends up uh, dealing with a lot of injuries and basically his career. It, it can be sum, summarized because of injury. Cousins is the second-best quarterback of that draft. To me, there's no doubt about it. You look at the, the quality of play that he's had over the course of his career, the fact that he's been a consistent starter in the National Football League, and then you look at Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. Yes, the Titans are struggling, but they also don't have their top offensive weapons, whether it's Derrick Henry, uh, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. You know, you're looking at numerous major injuries that have compromised that team. And think about how much better the Titans are with those weapons around and how much better that makes Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's been a suitable, solid starter in the National Football League since he took over the Titans a couple years back. So it's amazing that you're talking about 10 years later, after 2012, talking about one of the best quarterback drafts ever, Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin. And you'd be saying that the top three quarterbacks taken in that particular draft were taken in the third round, the fourth round. And if you look at of Tannehill's case, I think he was top 10. Uh, let me just make sure. I, I don't want to be wrong about it with this. Tannehill was eighth overall by the Miami Dolphins taken out of Texas A&M. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com. If you're watching the video and you want to check out the podcast, you could search Passball Show on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music. You could also check out JohnPielli.com my website, which I'm going to be working on, adding a little more information to over the course of the next handful of weeks. I've got another segment that we're going to add to the show, a historical segment, which I'm definitely looking forward to that, as well as a continuous interaction with you, my viewers, and my listeners. So we'll be back with you in a couple days on Wednesday, talking about everything going on in the world of baseball, sports, and unifying America. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Brian was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest 
Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect horrors and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents some money for an abortion.